Are you struggling with lead generation and networking? You're not alone. According to the study by the APSIS International, APSIS International, 68% of B2B companies struggle with lead generation. But you're in the right place because our guest unveils the secret to effortless lead generation and forming a circle of co-collaborators co-collaborators or conspirators uh easing the top pain points for entrepreneurs tune in and take a fresh look at your inbox for natural rewarding lead generation strategically align yourself for win-win-win collaborations and this one i'm in particular particularly interested is practice discernment to avoid draining activities this episode of the lead machine growth show is brought to you by lead machine the step-by-step tech easy system for getting leads online. Are you struggling to get leads from your lead magnet? Are you tired of seeing low conversion rates and losing potential customers? It's time to revive your lead magnet and start attracting more leads. Download our free report, 10 deadly lead magnet mistakes that are costing you leads and learn how to create a high converting lead magnet that engages your audience and drives conversions. Don't let common mistakes hold you back any longer. Revive your lead magnet today and download your free report at www.getleadmachine.com forward slash deadly. Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show, where you will discover how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream. Paul Guyen, the mastermind behind the Lead Machine, introduces you to Trailblazers, who inspire you to implement life-changing solutions and systems you can model to nurture your leads and get your offers seen by your ideal clients who will invest in themselves and you. Be sure you visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, tune in and get ready to transform your vision into reality. Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show. I'm Paul Guyon, your host, Lead Machine Coach, and founder of the Lead Machine Mastermind Group. And I'm dedicated to helping you tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream. Our guest today is Nancy Jutton. Is that right, Nancy? Yes. Yeah, okay. Podcast guesting success expert, Nancy Jutton, got a powerful jumpstart one day along her internet marketing success journey in 2006 when an influencer called on her on the phone and asked, could she promote one of her products, one of Nancy's products to her list of 30,000 subscribers? Wow, what would that do for you? That advocacy put Nancy's publicity expertise on the map in record time and served as a wake-up call to pay close attention to strategic collaborations, referrals, and lifting up others along their climb to success. Those big ideas are what our guest is here to talk about today. So Nancy, Welcome. It's an honor to have you on the show. Uh, we first met. It was at the Jay and Ashley's AI Advantage event, which is where I where I uh, first heard of you. And I started looking around. I said, you know what? She'd be a great guest for my show. I really like, especially the part about how you align values with um, with your business and just you know what you said about about not doing the things that you shouldn't be doing. Uh, that's super super huge for entrepreneurs. Uh, and then we realized we were both in the same uh, podcast, uh, Everything Podcasting Facebook group with Adam, our friend Adam Homie. And uh, now 
Nancy, I see you everywhere. So, so uh, that's that's fabulous. And I, you've got some uh, some good news about your about your most recent uh, your most recent video getting a lot of views. So that's great. You're getting some momentum, and and so again, welcome to the show, and and thanks for being here. It's my pleasure, and it's just such a fun thing to be able to see that when you're invited to guest on someone else's summit. You really don't know who's listening. And there are all yeah. kinds of influential people that are listening, just like you, who say, wow, she really delivered the value on that segment. I think I'd love to invite her onto, her sh onto my show. And one good thing leads to another, which is why I believe podcast guesting is such a powerful lead generation strategy, because people experience what you're like in a very mm -hmm. generous organic way and if it's a fit they want to talk to you further and if it's not a fit they don't either way it's fine and you get to you get to talk to some interesting people and have have interesting discussions uh and get free coaching sometimes <laughs> yes. we, we we learn from each other and we and we uh we we help each other's uh networks and and the people who are listening so uh tell us about that that uh 30,000 subscribers uh that I think you got a check and you had no idea what that was too is that were those two related things no they were completely or? different scenarios yeah the first one was you know way back in the day I've been in business since 2001 so a lot of water has passed under the bridge a lot of trends yeah. have come and gone but when I was first starting out I was working full time as a publicist for clients with big names and I was pivoting to create my own business where I had information products and group programs and private coaching just like so many other people yeah so when I first started out I created these two tips booklets that were packed with 147 powerful ways to boost your business and profit from fleet publicity and they were masterful works of powerful content that are still very valid today mm. mastery is a really big value of mine but here's what was the fun part of this story we all learn from different mentors and yeah. joan stewart was the publicity hound and i had been subscribed to her list and listening to her shows and teleclasses and learning a lot about how she had built this amazing online brand and so when my publicity tips booklets were in my hands i thought who do I need to thank? And so I wrote a handwritten note to Joan Stewart. And mm. I said, your influence over the years has been so instrumental in guiding me where I'm headed. And I just want to thank you and let you know that among the recommended resources in the back of these tips booklets, I have recommended the Publicity Hound. So everyone who gets them will be moved to want to check you out. And I had zero expectation about what was mm. going to happen next. And so about a week later, around five o'clock in the afternoon, I get this call on the phone and Joan has this very distinctive voice. And she says, is this Nancy Chatton? Yes. She <laughs> said, damn good tips booklets. Wished I'd written them myself. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's so cool. And then there was this pregnant pause and she said, do you have an affiliate program? And then there was another pregnant pause. And I said, what's an affiliate program? And she said, if you have a shopping cart, you have the function to activate an affiliate program. And I would like to be your first affiliate. And I will recommend your tips booklets to my entire audience of 30,000 people. When can we do it? 
And within a day or two, I had figured out what to do. I got her everything she needed. And she endorsed my tips booklets to her list of 30,000 people. And sales came to me from all over the world. And I gladly shared 30% of my sales with Joan. And I thought, wow, this is fun. So then the second scenario that happened was, as I mentioned, I ran this PR firm and it was me and one assistant. We were a very lean but capable team. And I went to a chamber of commerce meeting over breakfast. And I ended up sitting with some of my former colleagues at the local ABC television station. And they said, Nancy, aren't you doing PR these days? I said, yes, I am. And they said there was like this big, huge telecommunications company that was launching in Seattle, and I would be the perfect person for it. And I thought, wow, that sounds like a huge scope of work. So when I got on the phone with these people, it turned out to be a huge scope of work. And I didn't quite have the bench strength to handle it myself with my small team. So I did the right thing by making a quality introduction and a warm referral to an agency that I admired and respected and brokered a meeting so that these parties could connect. And then I just walked away. But this was the cool part because this was right in the middle of the Great Recession where when you went to the mailbox, it was like a death march to the mailbox to find all the bills (laughs) that you couldn't pay. Yeah. I go to the mailbox and there's a check in there for $800 and I have no idea what it's for. And I called the person whose name was on the check and he says, remember that telecommunications company that you introduced us to? Well, we are now doing business. They signed a annual contract, $8,000 a month. And for as long as we have this contract, we will be sending you $800 every month for as long as it lasts. And for 18 months, I got a check in the mail for $800. Wow. And so these were two situations that happened where I was just doing the right thing, being a nice person, uh, saying thank you, um, doing the right thing by the client. And I ended up getting paid without even expecting it. So wow. I thought if I got serious about learning how to do this, it could become a reliable stream of revenue for me as a little bit of a side hustle. And um, what do you know? It absolutely has become that. That reminds me of, you remind me, and that that scenario reminds me of The Go-Giver. You ever, have you read that book by yes. Bob Berg? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He he would he would do the right thing and the it, it, that book is a parable i highly suggest picking it up no matter what business you're in get the go giver by bob berg and i forget the co-author's name uh but it's a parable and it's easy to read but what they do is they do exactly that they do the right thing and sometimes sometimes you you get an opportunity that's not right for you and that's where you're discerning what you should and shouldn't work on and and you just dis, you discern that you didn't have the the uh, the capacity the the bandwidth to service that client the way that you you want to, and so you you basically gave them to a competitor. And I did. Yeah, I you gave them, a very good friend. Yeah, I bet. And uh, and that turned out to be uh, you know to be a windfall. Eight hundred dollars is not life changing, but over eighteen months, you know that that pays that pays a car payment for sure. Uh, but that, you know helps helps with uh, with your overhead and uh, puts you on the map with your side hustle. And so, so then you start to get serious. And so what did you do next? Well, 
I think the thing that I did next would probably be more interesting to people who are listening is if I explained what they can do right now. Yeah. And so what I would suggest is if you want to build a dream team where people are actively recommending and championing you and you are actively recommending and championing other people, one of the best things you can do is to make a tic-tac-toe board on a yellow legal pad. Yeah. And put yourself in the center and you say, well, what is my expertise? And I'm just going to use myself as an example. Um, Sure. One of the primary ways that I show value today is as a podcast guesting success expert. Mm -hmm. And I think to myself, okay, I'm a podcast guesting success expert. I'm in the center of a tic-tac-toe board. Who does business serving a similar audience, but doing something completely different that I could align with or collaborate with where we could recommend each other, joint venture together, do business together and so on. So if this tic-tac-toe board is filled out, it would really make sense for me to partner with someone like Adam Homey because he teaches people how to start their own shows and I teach people how to be a brilliant guest. Right. People who want to be guests on podcasts are typically authors, experts, and speakers and thought leaders, and many of them need to speak up in order to deliver their message. So anybody who's a speaking coach who teaches people how to refine their message and deliver it brilliantly would be a great partner. A book coach would be a good partner because anyone who's trying to be a thought leader who has a forthcoming book on the horizon needs to get their book done. So you can see that whether you're a wedding planner or a lead growth machine expert, you think to yourself, who is in the world out there that does something that serves a similar audience, but that's complementary to what I do so that there's never any competition and there's always value added. And that is exactly what I've done all of these years is I've been very thoughtful and strategic about creating real relationships, lasting relationships with values aligned human beings who have value to bring to my world and, and vice versa. And why does that matter? Because there are so many ways to generate leads for our businesses. Mm -hmm. And I just have a natural preference for warm introductions, warm leads, powerful referrals, because these are people that have problems that need solutions. And I want to get to be doing business sooner versus later. If you juxtapose that to, I'm going to spend tons of money on Facebook ads to generate a boatload of free cold of 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 very cold leads that i'm going to have to nurture and build a bridge of trust for and it could take a really long time for them to be warm enough to want to do business i would rather be warmly referred and introduced by human beings that i like trust and respect because i think it's a more direct and faster path to service other people in a winning way and to get to enjoy the rewards that come from that Right. Well, there's a couple of things you said there that really interest me. And one of them is the is the warm introduction. Can you can you unpack that a little bit? Sure. I'll I'll a tale of two introductions. Mm-hmm. One email introductions that says, Hey Bob, you should know Nancy. Nancy, you should know Bob. Why don't you get together and see what you can co-create? Mm. To me, that is a very 
unsatisfactory introduction because there's too much work involved on the part of both of the people who are being introduced. Uh Instead, what I recommend is something like, I'm just pulling from air here. Dear Bob, I'm really pleased to introduce you to Nancy. She's a podcast guesting success expert, and she's the reason that I've booked myself on 60 shows in the last uh, year without hiring an expensive booking agency. She's high integrity, uh, honest, authentic, and super smart. Bob, Nancy, I'm happy to introduce you to Bob because this is what he does. I've worked with him in this way. This is what I think and know about him. I know the two of you can co-create amazing things. Here are both of your respective websites. I've made it easy for you to do your homework. Why don't you go ahead and make a connection? Which would you rather, the first or the second? I choose door number two. Right. Because (laughs) someone's going to say, gosh, darn it, that Nancy Jutton sure knows how to make a powerful introduction. And she doesn't suffer fools very easily. So I'm going to jump on this so fast and I'm going to make some magic happen. And when you are generous, giving powerful referrals that are like this and they turn out to be win, win, win outcomes for everybody, it just puts good karma in the bank so that you're the person people think of when they need to make a referral as well. Um, so that takes a little bit of effort. But it's I, really... would do, I would rather create a real relationship with a human being than have a uh, uh, smiling and dialing to cold leads that have no connection to me. I mean, right. who likes, I mean, we, there's cake, the things we love to do, and there's cringe, the things we don't love to do. Right. And if you don't love to do whatever it is that action is, the energy that you bring to that t- activity is going to taint your results. I love writing, writing, making great introductions to amazing people. I've got a Rolodex the size of a wagon wheel. Any <laughs> introduction that comes for me is going to be really well crafted and really thoughtfully presented because I know that what you put out is going to come back and it always comes back far greater than the effort that I put forth with warm human beings that I already know that I'm endorsing powerfully. We should all have advocates, champions, and people who think we're just the greatest thing in our niche audience. We should have that. Everyone should have those people in their corner and by their side. Right. And when I think about uh, the co-collaboration, you know, People, you asked earlier, uh, what was her name? Joan asked you if you had an affiliate program. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes people don't have affiliate programs, and and you might need to help them along the way. Uh, one of my one of my friends is is Michael Whitehouse. You might you might know. I him. know Michael. Yeah, and uh, and he he's kind of, he's what I would call it um, a joint venture broker. He's he's he calls it a um, oh what is it? A guy uh, who knows a guy. Well, he calls it a guy who knows a guy, but he, he's he's a concierge. Uh, so he's he's a and he does he does similar things, but he but he actually goes and actually gets involved in the in the um, maybe maybe too much or uh, depending on where your expertise lies to help them set that that up so that they can collaborate and and have the shopping cart with the affiliates and things like that. Is, okay, is that so something that you look so, for? Let me say something about this. Yeah. Okay. Many of us are doing business online. I certainly am, but not everybody's doing business online. Some people yeah. are doing 
done for you services for human beings who have problems that need solutions right away. And so I'll just give you an example that's not very high tech. Uh For years and years, I was working with a graphic designer who made everything that I touched turn to beauty. And it turned out that I had this particular expertise of helping people get their sizzling speaker sheets done so that they could get Mm. booked on live stages. And then I subsequently morphed into doing media one sheets for people so that they could get themselves booked on podcasts. It's all very Uh consistent and relevant. Yeah. But all these years, I am helping people write their sizzling speaker sheets and they need to be designed. So I refer them to this graphic designer who does a beautiful job. And so one day I realized I must have sent this woman a ton of money, a ton of business over the years and never asked for anything in return. And Mm -hmm. I knew she's not technical with regard to online marketing. And that's not something she wants to learn. So I reached out to her and I said, hey, we've been doing business together a long time. Have I ever referred you business that you've been able to feel in your shopping cart? or your your bottom line. And she says, oh my God, are you kidding me? You're like my outsourced marketing department. And I said, well, I'm glad to hear that. I said, I know this may come a a day late and a dollar short, but I'm wondering if I were to make, going forward as I make wonderful referrals to you so that you can do your beautiful work, would you be willing to share a percentage of the project price with me as a reward for supporting the growth of your business? And she said, I'd be happy to. How much do you want? And I said, well, this is done for you work. And I said, how about 10%? She said, consider it done. And then I said, you know, you could probably raise your prices by 10%. The clients won't know the difference. I'll get my little piece of the action. The clients will get a great result from you and Hmm. everybody wins. And so for years and years after that, I would write her an email introduction Dear Mary, I'm pleased to introduce you to Sally. She needs a sizzling speaker sheet. This is her copy. Can you two get together and figure out how you're going to make it look beautiful? And let me know how it turns out. And when that email came in and they decided to do business, she knew she's sending me a check for 10%. And so in the beginning, you can get yourself all crazy about, oh, I don't have an affiliate program and I don't know how to operate the affiliate program and I don't know what to do and how to do it and all that kind of jazz. Keep it simple in the beginning and create those amazing relationships that are already organic and natural. And then when, like when Joan said, do you have an affiliate program? Like, I didn't know. This was <laughs> yeah. like a long time ago. This was like 2006, but I had a webmaster and I said to the webmaster, can you activate my affiliate program on my shopping cart? And can you make sure she gets a 30% commission for every referred sale? Cause these were information products. And she set it up right away. Right away. A little bit of an echo on the line. Can you hear that Paul? No, I can't. I'm going to switch over to my headphones. That might help. How about now? Let me see. Much better. Thank you. Okay. So so it's not hard to set up an affiliate program. It's just a matter of knowing what pipe to kick and getting things set up. <laughs> but for me, philosophically, 
the reason that I've become so persuasive in this arena is because it's always been about people first and systems second. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, you just gave me a, a big learning lesson because I was thinking, oh, well, I can add to this conversation. I can talk about affiliate. Uh, but that adds, asking that question can add friction to the relationship. Uh, so you, I think you need to be careful about that. But you just, you just said it right. The, the, the relationship has to come first. And, well, and, uh, and let's and talk about that, that for a bit, because whether we're referring business to people, doing business with each other, doing official st strategic alliances where there will be commissions to be paid, we need to be discerning about aligning with people and projects that are a fit for what we do and how we do it and our general approach. So mm -hmm. what I mean by that is there are some people that you meet that you just don't like for whatever reason. Yeah. They're, you don't like them. You shouldn't do, do it. You shouldn't do business with them. If they are incredibly aggressive and transactional and all they want to do is hit it and quit it and build their list and leave you on the curb, you have to ask yourself, is that the kind of relationship you want? Yes or no. Are their values aligned with what you care about? Does their work bridge a gap for the community that you serve without competing with what you do so you can see that there really is a strategically aligned match? And do they know what they're doing so that when you do something of contribution to them, they're in a position to reciprocate? I think another thing we need to consider is to hang out with people who are at our level of success or above. Yeah. Because so often, you know, those of us who have five figure lists that we've carefully nurtured and grown over the decades, we have a lot of influence that we can bring forth to support and champion other people. But when someone says, I only have 10 people on my list and most of them are friends and family, let's do a swap. You can see that it is not an equitable arrangement. So you need yeah. to find yourself in the right room with the right people where you can have juicy peer level conversations and create awesome collaborations that serve everybody in an equitable manner. Right. I like those points. Good. Yeah. And, and so those are, those are the questions that you, that you ask yourself when you when you look to get into a relationship or before you like you said discerning whether or not a relationship is is going to move that needle for you uh both ethically and uh you know financially and relationally and all of those things uh, those things all need to line up they absolutely do and i'll reference a book i love steve sims wrote a book called blue fishing and he's known as the modern day wizard of oz and it's huh. got a very specific, very direct way of communicating. But one of the things that he has said is, if you would not cross four lines of heavy traffic to see your partner across the way, then that partner should not be your partner. If you would not cross four lanes of heavy traffic to see that client, to break bread or talk shop, that person should not be your client. If that person is your accountant or someone on your team and you're only tolerating them while you're at the job, but when you're at the grocery store or anywhere else, you don't want to have anything to do with them, 
They shouldn't be on your team. Uh, and so I know it sounds really basic, but if I don't like you, if I don't trust you, if I don't respect you, if your product program or service isn't proven or doesn't seem to have what it takes to bridge a gap that would serve my community, it's a no. If it's not a fit, don't commit. That's it. Wow, that rhymes too. <laughs> I love words. Love to turn a phrase. Wow. And that was called, was it Bluefish? Bluefishing? Bluefishing. The Blue Art of Fishing. Making Things Happen by Steve Sims. Yeah, I, I love that. this book. I love that. And that's, I think those, uh, that's not, that's not true in just business. That's true in everything and true in life. Yes. Um, and, and one of my important mantras, I say this to myself all the time. It's on my vision board. It's on my bathroom mirror. Be the human being that you most want to attract in your life. Be the joint venture partner you most want to attract in your life. Be the service provider that you would want to do business with. Be that person first, and then everything else will take care of itself. I'll never forget the time that, I mean, obviously, I've done pretty well as a joint venture partner. I've done pretty yeah. well in my business over 20, 21 years or so. But sometimes I'll get on the phone with someone who's, who knows that I have an influential list and knows that I have a voice that will carry. And this one time, this person says, well, let me take you through your paces. He says, how big is your list? What are your What is your open rate? What is your take rate? What do you sell? Um, you know, he's asking me all these questions and we've only just met. And I'm really put off by it. I would be. And too. I'm answering his questions. And then he says, now it's your turn. And I said, is this the way you start conversations with people that you want to do business with? He says, yes, it is. I said, is it working for you? He says, yeah. I said, well, it's not working for me. So I don't want to continue the conversation, but I do wish you all the best. And I hung up. Because what he was revealing to me was all he cared about was the numbers. And those are not my people. They're just not my people. I, if I saw him at an event, I would hardly find it within me to want to tip my hat and shake his hand. I was that offended by it. And so yeah. I'll never forget the time I was at one of these high-end JV retreats with all the movers and shakers and was very excited to be in the room with all these important people that I was now getting to link arms with and hang out with. And there were people who were like major celebrities there. And I was right there with them. And there was this one guy over at the bar and I knew who he was. I'd been following his work. I was very impressed. I'd done my homework. I was looking forward to meeting him. And he came up to me and he said, well, who are you? I said, well, my name is, he says, well, how big is your list? This was the first thing he said to me. And I'm sitting at the bar with my cocktail and my pretty cocktail dress. And I said, are you really going to start the conversation like that? Is that really how this is going to go? <laughs> and he said, yeah. I said, well, I think I'll go elsewhere. Well, as it turned out, all the people in the room I had lent support to in the previous year. And when I got my opportunity to pitch myself to this group of people and say, you know, for the last year, I've been lending support to all of your initiatives and giving it my very, very best. Please raise your hand as if you've welcomed leads, referrals, clients, cash in your business because of something I did on your behalf. And they all raised their hands and started drumming on the tables. And it was all very good. 
And this guy that had asked me about my list looked like he had just sunk to the floor. He had no idea how he had, you know, it was like that movie, um, Pretty Woman, major sucking up required. <laughs> major sucking up required. But don't misjudge people just because they're nice or appear to be a certain way. Don't misjudge and think that they don't have what it takes. I can't tell you how many times people have misjudged the influence that I bring and have lived to regret discounting me. So um, don't lead with how big is your list. Lead, what are you up to and what are you excited about and how can I support you and what magic can we co-create together? That's so much a better way to start a conversation than how big is your list and whether or not you're cool enough for school for me. Yeah, I mean, asking how I can serve you is is a is a really good way to uh, and, and having that expectation when you're when you go to an event like that, like how can I serve this person uh, is is a better question to ask. To uh, for sure, for sure, and, and, and a better I think a better mindset. You might have you might but answer this, this, but different questions. Back to the whole: Are you in the right room? Yeah. Are you in the right room? So this was a room of super duper influencers that all had five or six figure lists that were looking to joint venture. I qualified, I belonged. And yeah. the conversations we had there were very relevant and congruent to where we were in our businesses. But if if you're in the wrong room, if you're a six or seven figure entrepreneur and you're hanging out with a bunch of people that don't even know how to turn their computers on, you're in big trouble because you yeah. can't, there's just not enough of a match. So we have to get ourselves in the right room. And so going back to my earlier conversation about the tic-tac-toe board, uh -huh. my intention is to surround myself with people who serve a similar niche, but in a complementary way, who are at a similar level of success as I have achieved, who self-identify as successful, established lifestyle entrepreneurs. When you get super clear about who your people are and what they do, you can find them so much more easily than if you, you know, take a scattered approach. And so get really specific about who you hang out with and who you collaborate with and make sure people are on a similar path and you'll be on a better path yourself. Yeah. And I love that tic-tac-toe idea. I saw you post on Facebook, um, what, last week, and I, I created my own, uh, I use mind maps. And so I created a mind map and, uh, and as I go along, I'm, I'm thinking about, oh yeah, I'm thinking about it in terms of who would be perfect guests for my show, mm -hmm. but, but, uh, it goes the other way too, for joint ventures. Any, any of my guests could be a joint venture partner or they could be a client or both. Well, since you brought up who would be a great guest for your show, this is something that I share with all of my clients who are doing podcast guesting. A great guest for a show has value to add that the host is interested in, that the embedded audience will also gain value from. Yeah. A great guest for the show knows how to deliver content in a winning way so that everyone is well served. But a great guest for your show is also someone who is eager and willing to repurpose the show in all kinds of winning ways so that more eyes and ears can benefit from what the show was about. And that's a really important criteria to invite all of your guests to consider, because if they're not willing to help you repurpose the show to get more eyeballs and ears on the message, 
then they've missed two of the three most important ingredients that will allow you, Paul, to grow your downloads and grow your own influence and have your own start arise. I wish that people weren't so gosh darn self-centered and would lead first with how they could serve others and getting what they needed, because ultimately when you do that, you get more of what you need. It's a lot of what Dale Carnegie said. If you help enough people get what they need, you'll get more than enough of what you need. But people forget that and say, well, I'll just hit it and quit it and be on a whole bunch of shows and never merchandise any of them. And they wonder why they're not getting relationships created that can help their, their star to rise in their income too. Wow. And you know, you, uh, that's another, you, you fit the profile of a great guest. <laughs> You're really delivering. I appreciate that. Um, if you were going to start over way back in 2001, what kind of advice would you give yourself at, at that young age when you were just starting out and you were kind of brand new and you didn't, you know, you had the skills, but you really didn't know what you know now. If I had it to do over again, I would have started with higher ticket offers first instead of $10 tips booklets. That's one. Number two, I would have paid attention to my own sensibilities and natural inclinations and asked myself how that would influence how certain business models would or would not be a fit. If you're introverted and highly sensitive, as I am, leading a three-day live event at a hotel is not something that I would ever want to do. (laughs) But sometimes when we're newer in our journey, they'll say, oh, you should host a summit. Host a summit and you'll grow your list in leaps and bounds. And you think, well, I'd really like to grow my list by leaps and bounds, but the technical details associated with running a summit are well beyond what my natural inclination and sensibilities are. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do a three-day event. I shouldn't do, there's so many things that I should not do because of what the way I want to love my business and love my life. If I'm not loving what I'm doing as I'm executing it, the energy that I bring to that is showing up in the outcome. So Mm. if I were to go back and talk to my younger self, I'd say, start higher on the price, to pay attune to your sensibilities and choose models that are appropriate for how you are naturally gifted. I would lead with my strength of relationship building and not apologize for it. And I'd recognize that no is a good answer to a lot of things. And I'd say it a lot more often. Wow. I think I would do a lot of that too, <laughs> especially the saying no. Cause you know, uh, Brian Tracy, uh, I learned from him, that you know, it's easy to get into something. It's easy to get into a situation. It's easy to say yes, but it's really hard to get out. And so you've you've got to be intentional about about those decisions. And uh, you know, I'm a good example of that because I'm, I'm involved in the church and I'm involved in bands and music and lots of different things that I'm interested in. And people ask me to come to their to their recording studio and and record songs. And, you know, that takes a lot of mental bandwidth and even taking that next course, that course that you say, gosh, that that yeah, I'd like to like to know how to get more time, but I don't really have time right now to do that. I'm going to do that later. I'll do that some other time that that some, I can put that in my someday maybe pile, uh, but but not do it today because I have these other things that are more 
operationally and financially and relationally and familial uh, of importance that are that are higher on that list. And so if you are intentional about what you decide to do and who, and who you decide to do it with, uh, you'll you'll be a, you'll you'll get closer to your goal a lot faster, I think. Then uh, I think you'll get closer to your goal. And I think that the underpinning of all of that is to be clear about what you really care about in the first place. Where are your what are your values? Have you ever really taken the time to actually write down what they are and in what priority you want to pursue them? Um, Last year, I had a black cat cross my path and I wasn't sure if I was going to be here a year later to tell the tale. So is it any wonder that my health is a very high priority and it's the number one priority because if I don't have my health, what good is the rest of it? So I have this special gift that I would love to share with your audience members to help them answer six powerful questions that they can come to clarity about what really matters to them. Because when you really go to the effort of thinking this through and articulating it and filling in the blanks, you have yourself a roadmap of how to say yes to the right things and how to say no to the wrong things. And if you want to be in an inner circle of amazing people who are aligned and congruent with where you're headed, well, there's more for you to learn about that. But I I hope that that gift of the six questions you need to answer to get on the right path and stay true to it would be a, a great value for your listeners to enjoy. Yeah. And you can pick up that gift, by the way, at www.getknowngetpaid.com forward slash the numeral six questions. That's www. It, I, I, think, I think it's actually HTTP colon backslash backslash getknowngetpaid.com slash six questions. I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. Yep. And and I tested it. They, both of those will work. Okay, good. Both of those ways will work. Uh, and so, Nancy, it's been really a, a pleasure. And by the way, do get that book. Do get that six questions because I downloaded that the other day. I shared it with my wife, who's also starting a business. And uh, it's, it's, a brick, it's a, a brick and mortar business. And by the way, that influence, that tic-tac-toe board works for for brick and mortar businesses too. It works for all kinds of businesses everywhere. So uh, get that book. And uh, as we wrap up, Nancy, with your final words, what are three things our listeners can do to put these ideas into action? Three great ideas. Number one, put yourself in the center of a tic-tac-toe board and think strategically and deliberately about what kinds of expertise is complementary to yours. And then source out the actual name of a person who leads a tribe of those people that you can reach out to, follow them on Facebook, connect with them on LinkedIn, and explore winning ways that you can be of contribution to each other. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two is look at your inbox through new filters. If you have already opted in to subscribe to the expert newsletters of people you admire, What if you looked at those people through the new filter of, I wonder if I could support them in their next big initiative, and I wonder if they might want to support me. It's wonderful to get conversations started where people say, I love what you're up to, and I think I can help you. Can I help you first? It's so wonderful to do that. So Ah. Joan Stewart was in my inbox for years before I wrote her a personal note and sent it with a stamp and sealed it with a kiss. You just never know what's going to happen. Yeah. 
And then the third thing is revisit how great of a human being you are being. Are you being the human being, the joint venture partner, the service provider that you most want to attract? When you're dealing with a telephone company, are you being kind and gracious to the person who's providing the service or are you being belligerent and um, inappropriate in your approach? I believe that how you do anything is how you do everything. So be consistent and be brilliant and be gracious and lovely wherever you show up. And I know it will pay off for you. Wow, those are some great tips. Thank you so much. Uh, you've really delivered. You're a fabulous guest. I appreciate you very much. Thank well, you so much. Thanks for having me on the show. I so appreciate it. Yes, you bet. And so we're going to wrap up as, and remember, faith and action go hand in hand. So put the pedal to the metal. And until next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show, I'm Paul Guyon and Nancy Jutton. So long for now. Thank you for tuning into the Lead Machine Growth Show with Paul Guyon, where we show you how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream so that you can transform your vision into reality. Remember to visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show. Oh, 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 oh